It's a sad situation, a scary subject, and most people would just avoid speaking about it altogether. If the C word comes up at work or even at a party, your first impulse is to probably change the subject or remove yourself from the group altogether. Even if your life hasn't been touched by cancer, there's a good chance it will be in the future. There are more than over 200 different types of cancer, and one in two people in the UK alone will be affected by it at some point in their life. But thanks to the hard work of the researchers, many people are cured and continue to live a happy life. But just because the disease has been removed from the body, it does not mean that you can move on from it as if it never existed. Personally, I have been fortunate enough to have never been diagnosed with cancer, and as do many other people, so I could not imagine what it would be like to receive the devastating news, as well as the emotions experienced and fighting the disease itself. Anne-Marie McGuinness, a 57-year-old mother of three and proud grandmother of seven, was diagnosed with bowel cancer four years ago and has successfully fought it. Her experience is both sad and elevating, as she gives us an insight into a time in her life that many would not want to experience. I had pains in my stomach and just initially went to the doctor. Um, was told I had something else. I had helicobacter pylori and got told there and then that I had bowel cancer. I actually couldn't take it in because I was quite fit and healthy and I was with my partner at the time and I was like, he drinks and smokes and I don't, I'm quite a fit and healthy person and the next thing, we just get into the car and come home and I spoke for, I don't know, until we get back up the road but just got letters saying that I was to go back to just different things before I was to get operated on. How did that feel? I was fine after I had been told that I had the cancer, I just thought positive attitude, just have to look at it and go on with life and hopefully everything will be okay. It's a difficult time in your life when you have cancer, a journey that must seem like a lifetime. It must be terrifying and confusing. So how did Anne-Marie deal with the situation? Just a lot of things that I've done in life, like my jogging. I, I stopped jogging and I stopped doing a lot of things initially that I liked doing. My sister finished up, she had a form of cancer as well, and she passed away with it. Just, I think, everything just all kind of got on top of me then, that was I going to die, that although I was still in remission and had been operated on, was I going to pass away as well? And But then I just kept thinking, no, you've just got to have a positive outlook in life, and that's just what I've done, and, and got on with it. The hospital was absolutely brilliant, couldn't ask for better treatment or better people to look after me, same when I went through the chemo. Excellent, terrible. Friday injections but they done everything to calm me down and do things for me but I never took any because I always thought there was people that were worse out there than me that there was people with cancer that had cancer and they were needing Macmillan nurses and other people more than what I was needing them which I probably should have went when I think of all what I did go through myself not just with me with my sister as well I should have went for help and I didn't go I didn't need it I never took it if it was to go back I would go to Macmillan and I I would go for, for help. How did you find coping on your own without any help from the nurses? I felt okay. Obviously I was I went into depression and things like that, but I had a good neighbour. <laughs> and I couldn't have asked for any better. That just I got new neighbours and they were excellent. Just I think if there's something if you do go down with cancer or go down with some kind of illness and you're offered the help, you should take it, definitely. Can you describe your journey with cancer? Well hopefully I don't have it anymore. I'm still in remission. I've got 
six months to go, but as from day one, never ever thought I would have cancer. As I say, I always thought I was a very fit and healthy person. And when I got told I had it, I just couldn't believe, and no, no way it couldn't be me. That, because I didn't do anything wrong or other people, how is it me that, as I went on, I still couldn't believe that it was, I definitely had cancer until you start getting operated on, you know, everything. It's just no a very nice thing to, to go through, especially if you used to be operated on and you think that's the first thing you think because I know when I went into the operating theatre they asked me if I was okay and was there anything I was upset about and the only thing I says to them that I in case I die I says and other than that the next thing I woke up in the ward and there I was uh, and a lot of people in the ward run about me than what I was like just all different forms of cancer and things and I just thought I was a lucky one. I'm many developed depression whilst fighting the disease because her life dramatically changed and being terrified of the worst possible outcome. She relied on her close friends and family for support. Although friends and family of a person who has been diagnosed don't exactly go through the same situation, it can be terrifying and a scary situation knowing that your loved one could not be with you in the near future. Karen Stanford is a 22-year-old whose mother unfortunately passed away six years ago. Almost everyone experiences a death of a loved one and it's a horrible situation to be in, especially if it's something you could not prevent and feel helpless from. But believe it or not, there's always a positive outcome from a loved one's death, as odd as that may sound. Whether it's changed your perspective on life or made you want to succeed in an industry of your interest, that is exactly what Karen has done. But what journey did she take in order to be where she is today? It's quite difficult because I was 14 when me and my brother were told that my mum was ill. And I just remember, uh, it's really weird, I remember watching Spongebob and eating toast. And I remember being quite angry. Oh, you're ill, well what if, you know, you should have done this or you should have done that kind of thing. So there was a lot of like anger there but also really sad obviously and then because I didn't live with my mum I lived with my dad up in Scotland we came back up to Scotland and I think it was quite easy to not forget but you kind of think well she'll get better it doesn't mean that you know she's going to die even though we were told that she was terminal I thought well you know you hear stories all the time that people get better so there was like that little bit of hope looking back she was ill from when the time I was like 14 up until I was 16 so between 15 and 16 I was doing my exams and things but I was just acting out I I didn't go to school I was just being I was just being an idiot you know what I mean and I wasn't realizing that that's what I was doing and then when she'd passed away it was shortly after my 16th birthday and then I remember it was something like it was like cancer awareness week at college and I was just like oh you know what I just don't want to do this anymore so I went home I didn't leave my room for six months I just didn't get out of bed I didn't realize that that's what I was doing I was just in my little bubble not realizing that I was not getting anywhere that I'd left the house I hadn't see my friends or if I did go out I would just not freak out but I would like panic and want to go back home so I suppose it was a sort of mixture of I was angry I was obviously upset I was a bit you know lost you don't really know what to do with yourself that's how I reacted towards everything so I was a bit lost for a few years didn't really have a life I was just going on if you know what I mean but then it sounds sick but in a way if she hadn't died then I wouldn't be where I am there is a positive that came out of it because you know it gave me that kind of motivation once I sort of found myself I'd moved away I was like I need a new start so I moved to Glasgow just turned 18 at that point and I was like I have to just get away 
so I'd moved to Glasgow, you know, I enrolled in college and I just started off something that I was interested in. So I was interested in sort of radio and journalism. Didn't have any experience whatsoever, but I wanted to do it. So I did it. It's weird, but I've got like a really good life. Like, I've, like I'm really settled and everything. And I don't think I would have had that if she hadn't passed away because it kind of, it gives you a reason to do something. Like I'm going to college because I know that it would make her happy and it's making me happy and I'm not sitting in a house doing nothing. So I guess my advice to people would be that you know if someone that you know or if you've got family that are going through it or if you're going through it or if you know someone that's passed away it does get better you know I feel like I'm a total example of it getting better it's going from not getting out of bed for six months to you know having your your own house and settling down and all that kind of stuff it shows that it's not all sort of doom and gloom so like have your time and find yourself and if you're lost sit and think about what you have to do or what you want to do and then just go and do it you know I didn't have any experience in what I wanted to do but I just did it and you can do it it's just what happens just realize that you do have a purpose and you can do something if you really want to and just think about what this person would want for you. And then that's kind of what gives you your drive to go and do something. There are over 300 charities in the UK specialising in helping fight cancer. There are many ways the general public can help by fundraising and volunteering. By either volunteering in a charity shop, taking part in a charity event, which vary from a staggering amount of fun activities, which suit all ages. From fun runs, such as Race for Life, baking and even skydiving. You can even start up your own fundraising event. And the best part of it all is that the money that is raised from essentially having fun goes towards helping scientists research cancer and how it can be defeated. Esther Therifal is a fundraising manager for the Beats and Charity. She gives advice and tips to people who are interested in either taking part in a fundraising event or even starting one up of their own, as well as volunteering. Cancer affects absolutely everybody and therefore we try and reflect in our events something for everybody. So um, we have a big range of things that we do, from social events to big challenge events and something in between. We've got a really full programme of events. For example, last Thursday we delivered our annual sporting dinner to 518 people at the Hilton in Glasgow, which was a huge success. Also, we're just working out the final token in total, but we think it's about £72,000 that we raised. And then in between that, we've got all kinds of other things. We've got a big hill walking challenge. The next thing after that is a family walk which is a six mile or 10k walk around Glasgow. It's fully accessible, bring your dog even. We're going to turn Glasgow yellow with everybody wearing our t-shirts and walking en masse around uh, the West End. There's a big challenge which is called Aim for the Sky and that's for people who enjoy cycling or want to start cycling. And if all that seems far too much for you, then at the beginning of December, we've got our big Christmas carol concert, which is just lovely. So we have a broad range of events. So what advice and tips would Esther give to people who are starting up their own fundraising event? First of all, I would say research. Really research what it is you're going to do. Is it going to be interesting to the people that you want to attract? How big do you want your event to be? Often the quite, you know, keep it simple stuff can be the most effective. If you've never done something that's fundraising before, Keep it really simple. Think about the local stuff. Think, think about the supermarket bag pack. Think about the, you know, the sponsored silences. Things that are easy to do that are personal. You know, make it fun. You know, bring a few laughs in it. The first three letters of fundraising are fun. And that is really important. Fundraising is about where your imagination can take you. And if you're thinking of doing something for the Beatson, for example, for the Beatson Cancer Charity, then talk to us. We can, we can give lots of help and advice. 
There's lots of help advice on our website as well. If you're wanting to do something really unusual and really challenging, then I would say, again, talk to the charity first. There's lots of help and guidance out there, health and safety and de-executive, lots and lots of online stuff. If it's something that is going to involve the public and public places, you might need to speak to the council. You just need to do your research, get online, really, really make sure that you're keeping it within the guidance. Advertisements and media coverage for events and charities specifically for cancer can be seen everywhere. There are also an astounding amount of support services to those who are struggling with the disease. There are many ways you could help fight cancer. There are also an astounding amount of support services. But what else could people do to make others more Talk to everyone you know, get them to talk to other people that they know. Talk to your community, talk to people and resources out there, go into your local library, put things up in there. So things that are local generate local interest and support. So why are you doing it? Why why have you been inspired to do a fundraising event? Is there a personal reason for that? Or is it that you actually just want to raise awareness? Or is there a fundraising goal or something specific you want to do? Talk about that with everybody. And it's just getting the word out there, really. Word of mouth is, in some ways, as good, if not better, than paying for advertising. Local newspapers, you've talked about media as well, but um, and then all the obvious social media stuff too. There's a massive range of things that people can volunteer to do, from fundraising, which of course is absolutely vital for us. It's what we really, really need people to do, because funding is what makes a difference to people with cancer ultimately and long term huge range of stuff the best thing to do is keep an eye on our website we're about to launch a new website which will have a whole volunteering section on it and talk about all kinds of volunteering roles that are available or potentially available for people to do as esther said the first three letters of fundraising are fun cancer research recently held an event called race for life which takes place every year you can either sign up to run jog or even walk a 5 or 10k race which is fun for all ages i spoke to a few women who just completed the race to find out why they took part and why it was so important for them to contribute in the event. important because my family's had like experiences of people with cancer in my family. My granddad bet it three years ago. My mum had breast cancer, which has passed away, and their granddad died in February with cancer as well. Um, we entered because a school friend of mine was just diagnosed with breast cancer just before Christmas. So we're doing it for Fight Like a Girl team. Um, and it means a lot if we can raise as much money to try and find a cure. We're just running for all the people that really are suffering needlessly. We're here to help. That's what we're doing it for. Yeah. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer um, back in August. I used to run before having breast cancer and um, just started running again, managed to get a team of 20 people and we've raised over £2,000 so far. Whether you're going through it yourself or having to watch a loved one fight to bring their life back to normality, there is always one thing that people should be, positive. And with positivity, Anne-Marie is stronger than ever before and living life to the fullest. Just to keep your chin up and your head up and not to try and let things get you down. I was lucky I never lost my hair. A lot of people lose their hair and a lot of people lose weight. I didn't. That I, I do think I'm, I was really, really very lucky. Just keep your chin up and just have a positive attitude that I'm going to make it through and that's what i done. You've just got to either get your job back or go on, do what you want to do in life. And I think if you've just got that positive attitude to say I'm going to, this is not going to beat me, I'm going to beat her, that you'll get there.